You are now listening to the Enhanced Podcast, a podcast where we show you how to step outside your comfort zone, become the strongest version of yourself, and ultimately start living the life you truly want and deserve. Now here's your host, Jordan Rubin. All right, what is going on, everybody? Welcome back to a brand new episode of the Enhanced Podcast. I'm your host, Jordan Rubin, the Enhancement Coach. And I've got yet another coach, another amazing guest that's going to be joining us here on the Enhanced Podcast today. Her name is Haley Helveston. She's located here in Atlanta, and she's a holistic health coach turned relationship coach and is super passionate about helping you have a healthier relationship with yourself sexually, spiritually, and in your health. So uh, she's got a lot of amazing things that she can talk about. She just recently returned from an international kind of a spiritual journey in Bali, Indonesia, which, you know, I've been dying to go. I keep hearing everybody goes to Bali and just comes back, not a completely different person, but just, I guess, more awake, a more, more aware of things. And honestly, any international trip, you're going to be exposed to a different culture, a different community. And that just broadens your perspective. So, uh, yeah, we'll definitely be talking about that in a little bit, but why don't you start off telling us a little bit about what you do? and how you got into it, the basic opener question. Okay, so I'm really excited to be here. I would say for me, it was a spiritual awakening now looking back and really just becoming so unhappy that I was like, I need to make a change. And it was, I was lucky too, because I got fired, so I had to. <laughs> mm-hmm. I got fired from my first job out of college. Um, and so that was such a blessing now that I look back because then it forced me to be like, whoa, why am I here? And then I ended up working at part-time at different gyms and went back to school to be a health coach and then got into what I'm doing now. Mm, so when you first went to college, you know, what were you studying then? I was studying art history and then I switched to fashion retailing when I transferred to Alabama. Mm, and what, um, what made you decide to do that? Was it kind of just being pressured to like, oh, I'm graduated high school and now I got to go to college or what was it? You know, I wanted to go to college. I think I'm someone that I'm, I'm deeply creative, but sometimes it's hard to channel the creativity. And I think that I, I didn't really know what I wanted to be, you know, I was like, I don't know. I think I'll do art history. And now I look back and I think, you know, art history is similar to philosophy, right? (laughs) What are people thinking? (laughs) And so then I switched to fashion retailing, which is, again, I don't know what I was thinking, but um, because I didn't want to work a retail job, but I love the creativity of fashion. Um, Yeah. All right. And and so like when you graduated, right, you graduated, you had the art history degree or fashion retailing, fashion retailing degree. So then you, you actually worked in retailing and then, you know, did you get fired? Just, you know, be honest, like, did you get fired because you just didn't like it? You didn't put the passion into that job or was it like something, somebody had a problem with you or something like that? No, I was actually working in insurance because I couldn't get it. I wanted to get a fashion PR job and I couldn't get one. Mm. Um, and so I ended up, my family does insurance. So I worked in insurance. It was an underwriting and I think I got power cause I'm too social. I'm a social butterfly. And, uh, I didn't pass one of the tests, you know, on insurance, you have to do all these certifications mm. and the late, they were so sweet to me, but I, yeah, I didn't pass it. So. Right. So after that, you had this spirit, was that kind of when you had the spiritual awakening, when you're kind of working these different part-time jobs, you just lost this 
basically went to four maybe longer years of college and then you get this job it's like an insurance and then you get fired now it's like all right i gotta work all these part-time jobs like is that kind of when you had this spiritual awakening and kind of found exactly what you wanted to do and kind of what your long-term vision was no that was really two years later but i was still i was at a yoga studio um and i, I don't know how you know how everything happens it just kind of happens i was meeting a lot of women that are like oh i'm going i'm a health coach and they all went to Institute for Integrative Nutrition. Have you heard of that school? I haven't. No, you said it's in Alabama? No, IIN is a health coaching school. And it's online. Okay. Yeah, but it's a pretty big health coaching school. So I'm sure people listening will know it. But I started meeting a lot of people that were doing that. And I was like, oh my God. And I love the community. And I loved how they talked about primary food versus secondary food. Because primary food is like spirituality, relationships, sexuality, your finances, mental health, and then secondary food is food you eat. And I love that idea because we're so obsessed, you know, in America with which diet we need to follow when really let's talk about the other stuff. Mm -hmm. And um, you know, what's crazy. I, I like how you mentioned that, that in America, we're so obsessed with what diet we're going to choose, mm -hmm. like as far as food, yet we're one of the most obese countries in the world like why is that the case everyone's so obsessed with diet and it clearly has very little or, or that's definitely a side effect i would say to a poor mental health is binge eating yeah wouldn't you say uh-huh oh definitely i mean i went through that period you know and i would end up at like <laughs> like chick-fil-a crying be like i don't know what i'm gonna do or, you know um but yeah i do think that that's that's a huge thing and food is one of the most common drugs Mm -hmm. Yeah, I've definitely been there, you know, recently getting started with intermittent fasting and I even did the 72 hour fast. I've, I've done that twice now. And that was really, really spiritually awaking and just recognizing that, look, I've used food as a crutch pretty mm -hmm. much my entire life, especially like looking back to when I was in high school on the swim team and I was burning so many calories from swimming that I could eat whatever I want, literally. And then I kept that up these next rest of the years up until the present. And it's just like, wow, I've used this as a problem, like a problem solver. It's like, oh, I'm feeling stressed. Let me go eat. Oh, I'm mad about this. Let me go eat. And that, that's just super duper unhealthy. Mm -hmm. And so many yeah. people fall down that path. So um, yeah. So when, so what made you decide to go back to school rather than just saying, look, I can just take some online courses or just get a mentor and just start a business right from there? It was intuition. Hmm. Like the third eye? Yeah, I think it was like, I was just so passionate about it. And I love the people. Um, yeah, I really wasn't um, any doubt. Okay, and you went to the same school? No, it was an online school. It was online. Okay, yes, so while online. you were there, like, were you just like entirely focused on learning and meeting people? Or were you still like posting content back then and like still sharing kind of what you learned so that other people could benefit? Mm -hmm. um, I think I was posting then, but I wasn't really, I mean, I wasn't getting any clients or anything. It was just because I was so excited and really passionate about it. Mm -hmm. and, and what do you think made you really the most passionate about it? Mm, the components of what I talk about now, really. In the sense of, and that's why I barely got any clients as a health coach is because <laughs> it's not about your health, you know? And, and so what I loved is that the, they did modules on spirituality and sexuality and all these in finances and all these different areas that people struggle with 
the people don't talk about. You know, like mm-hmm. I, I talk with people now that they're like, oh, we don't talk about sex. And yet you're married. Hello. <laughs> mm-hmm. So that's the stuff that I love. Mm-hmm. So what made you like kind of do that transition? Like you're, do, you're being a health coach and you're kind of fitting in with everybody else being a health coach. And then you decide, you know what, I'm going to talk about sexuality. I'm going to talk about things that a lot of people they need, they would benefit from, but they're too afraid to talk about. Like what made you decide to do that? and you know, what were some of the challenges going into, going into something that vulnerable? Um, okay. So that was in 2018. I, okay. So 2017, I was dating someone and I couldn't have an orgasm while I was dating him. And it was so frustrating. And I literally remember being like, I'm going to figure this out. So that's when I got off an antidepressant and I realized it was that, but I think it was also because I was so disconnected from my body. Like I didn't feel anything. And so I was taking a lot of, uh, I'd taken several courses on sexuality and I started to read different sexuality books. And then in 2018, that's when I started to work with a business coach who was also a sexuality coach. And so one day I remember like crying to her and I was like, I can't get any clients. And she was like, yeah, it's cause you're not a health coach. <laughs> and I was like, yeah, you're right. I hate doing this. Ah, I hate all of this. <laughs> and, I was, and she was like, okay, well then change it. And I was like, maybe I'll just do like the PC politically correct way. I'll be a health and sex coach. And so I tried to do that for a while and that was kind of BS, but I think I did that just because I was really afraid to talk about all the stuff I'm talking about now. Um, and so kind of, it was kind of like falling off a cliff really. And so then finally I switched to sexuality empowerment coach. And so that was more comfortable. And then, you know, what I'm doing now, but, uh, yeah, I think it was very hard really. And even now I still struggle with communicating about it because people, it really triggers people sexuality. Cause that's that one area that to be honest with you, everybody struggles in most people. It's just people don't talk about it. And there's a lot of shame associated with it, you know, with religion and just our society as a whole. Um, and so now I'm an open book, but the first year was really hard. Um, and even last year I did a post uh, in 2019 and I wasn't even nude. Like I did one where my back was showing and my mom was like, we need to discuss this. I'm like, mom, like I'm 20. How does your mom feel about you? Uh, you know, being in this industry, is there, (laughs) is there kind of a back and forth there or what? Ah, I mean, it's up and down, but I I mean, I'm getting used to it and I'm, I mean, I'm not even all the way out where I want to be, you know? So I think it's, um, yeah, I just told her, I was like, don't follow me, you know, because I think it's so important because one thing that I've noticed with doing what I'm doing is the more in tune you get with your sexuality, the more confident you are. It's, it's really not even about that. It's about becoming your confident, empowered self and not caring what other people think. And so, yeah, it might trigger people, but I just tell them not to follow me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, it's that simple. If, if anything, I was literally listening to a podcast. I know you know who Trent Shelton is. Like you're, you're a oh, relationship yeah. coach. You mm-hmm. have to know and follow Trent Shelton. I was listening to his, he actually posted an episode the, this morning as this episode's being recorded. And it was talking about dealing with haters and haters are secretly admirers. They're confused admirers. If they keep following your posts where you're posing for things and they're like, Oh, why would you do that? This is the internet. It's a sacred place or, or whatever their excuse is. Mm-hmm. And they continue mm-hmm. to make those comments. They're following you. They're supporting you secretly. Yes. I so agree with that. And I think it's, it's kind of like, it's so interesting. I actually did a session with someone from my hometown and she was like, Oh yeah, my mom follows you. 
And so I think you're right. I think it is that. And I think it's especially because of that uh, community is people that really struggle the most sexually, the people that are the conservative, the uber religious, because that's the people that don't talk about it. You know, mm-hmm. like, for example, I, I met a woman in her 60s that had never had an orgasm. I'm like, are you kidding me? Right. That's like more than half your life. Yeah. I was like, thank God. She was at a Tantra festival, so I was glad to see her there. <laughs> right. Now, how did you actually, you know, just start that discussion with someone, you know, 60 years old? I'm, I'm assuming she was married maybe or? Oh, yeah. So that divorced. Divorced. Okay. Um, no, that was, it, we, I was at a Tantra festival. This is uh, three years ago now. And we're just sitting around a table and everybody's really open about if those kind of events. Everybody's talking about everything. Okay. So porn, masturbation. And then she leaned over to me and was like, I never had one. And I was like, well, you're in the right place. I was like, girlfriend, I was you. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, yeah, but it's just taking your pleasure into your, like, your responsibility, you know? Mm-hmm. So let me ask you this. I kind of want to take a, a turn on this. You know, I understand, like, a lot of people who, like, you know, I've grown up religious. You know, I'm still a practicing Christian. But, like, you mm-hmm. know, if you are religious or, um, you know, you do have this belief, you know, not to have sex before you're married or, or whatever that's the case, you should still talk about it, obviously, you know, be honest about your feelings and everything. Like what would be your biggest recommendation to someone kind of in that category? Yeah, definitely. Um, I think, okay, so it doesn't matter whether you're spiritual or religious. I think the conversation needs to be discussed. Mm -hmm. And that's the problem that I run into is when I meet a woman, I even have close friends that are like this where like she did it and then she felt guilty about it. So now she's back to saying I'm waiting until marriage. And I'm like, well, that doesn't really fix the problem because now you're just carrying around guilt and shame. And then you're going to blame him whenever he tries to have sex with you. So I think the, the point is, is just really get on the same page with whoever you're with and just start talking about it. Like that's the huge thing is just people don't discuss it. And then there's so much, so many problems around it. Mm-hmm. And I think you're absolutely right. Like you got years and generations and generations where people are biologically wired to want to have sexual intercourse. And then now it's like, oh, nobody wants to talk about it, though. But everybody has that feeling. And I can see Mm -hmm. exactly how that would be, be an issue. So let me ask you this. So when would you say that just by being vulnerable yourself, you attract the right people into your circle? Like when you make a post saying like, you know, whatever you're particular mm-hmm. topic is whatever your focus point is that actually attracts the right people who end up privately messaging you saying hey thanks for sharing this and being vulnerable and you know that really helped me i can relate to that and that's kind of a client acquisition tactic yes yeah yeah definitely yes and then i also think too it's, it's building the tribe but then it's also what's helped me a lot was i started doing interviews on instagram um i was doing live interviews with different coaches um and so that was great talking about sexuality and then you know dude i couldn't figure out how to record it so that's why i moved to youtube um but i think that that's helped a lot because then i talk with other female sex coaches or male sex coaches that are also really passionate about what they're doing and able to communicate it mm-hmm. and you coach entirely females only i'm mainly female but i have coached men okay Awesome. So, I mean, what would you say is like the biggest, your biggest why? Is it like 100% focused on sexuality? Do you want, like, do some people still just come to you and say, look, I just want to be a stronger version of myself. I just want to be more mm-hmm. spiritually awake. Like, what, what if someone comes to you like that? 
Yes, I would definitely work with them. No, my thing is, is it's not even just that. It's the whole person. It's the fact that like, I think, I don't know if I showed you my before and after, but it is really the fact that when you become your authentic self and becoming your like confident, powerful, loving yourself, you're not going to tolerate a lot of the BS that people tolerate. You know, the, the cheating, the toxic relationships, the, all this stuff that people deal with, that one, that's not even going to be in your frequency. And so that's something I'm really passionate with women about because I still think that a lot of women struggle from being too nice. But same with men, though, you know? Yeah, I'm, I'm, not, a, I'm not too big of a fan of being nice, honestly. Like, mm -hmm. usually, especially, I know we're both here growing up in the South where everybody's mm -hmm. nice to your face, but do they yeah. really feel that way? Like, that's the one thing about it. You go up North, like people are, they're not like nice all the time, but they're honest. If they're yes. having a bad day, they're going to let you know they're having a bad day. Like that, that's one thing that I think is, you know, a lot healthier to be honest about how you're feeling about something. And well, yeah. I mean, come on. You and I both know it's, it's fake nice. Mm -hmm. Oh, you know? 100%. And, and, and how many women, I mean, come on. I've had women there's, tell me they're still faking an orgasm. Uh, they're not getting their sexual needs met, or maybe they want them to propose and the guy's not proposing. There's all these issues with people in relationships that I'm like, if you were not the nice girl, you'd have what you want. Mm hmm. And I've read the book, No More Mr. Nice Guy. I can't mm -hmm. remember the author of that. Like, it's the same with guys. Like, guy, yes. guys feel like if I'm nice, then I'm going to get something handed to me just because I'm being nice, not because mm -hmm. of who I am. And that, that's really, really unhealthy. Because look, just by being nice, that's literally trying, that's, that's a manipulation, really. Like, if I'm mm -hmm. trying to be really, really nice so that I can, you know, get someone to date me or get someone to do something for me, that, that's manipulation. Yes, yes, girls that's, do that. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, yes, yeah. Michael told me about that book. That is so true. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm, and yeah, shout out to Michael. I've been doing his uh, 90 day superhuman challenge, and that has been definitely really transformative as well. So mm -hmm, let's nice. talk about Bali. So you went there, I guess, what was that, a month ago now? A little over a month ago? Yeah, I guess three weeks, maybe. Yeah. Okay, so kind of because I went on an international trip last year to Kenya, and it was amazing, you know, kind of like what you were talking about before we started this episode. It was breakfast, lunch, and dinner, and one of mm -hmm. the biggest things I noticed was something simple, like I had tea and coffee, and they did not have any to-go cups because nobody took food or drink with them. It was when you're eating or drinking, you're at the table with the community, and if you're mm -hmm. not with the community, like there's no rush to go take your to-go cups. They just didn't exist over there. So uh, that was one thing I noticed. Like when you first, your plane landed at the Bali airport, what was one of the first things you noticed just walking out there and going, I guess just, I don't know, would you get in an Uber or something? Or Yes, yeah, so they had a car pick me up and then I, I was like, whoa, there are a lot of people here. <laughs> and then my mm -hmm. first thought was, well, the airport is nicer than I thought it would be. <laughs> mm -hmm. Is there, like, is it a... Would you consider it a big city or you, did you just think it was going to be like automatically um, middle of nowhere, small village or. Yeah. I don't know what I was expecting. You know, it was, um, I flew into Depensar, uh, and then we drove to Ubud. Um, it, it's, yeah, I don't know what I was expecting. I mean, it, it was very similar to third world in terms of the fact that, uh, it takes forever to get anywhere. Mm -hmm. Like but there's the a guy, lot of traffic or. Yeah. And the, but the guy was so sweet, the driver. That's what I love. The people were just so amazing. And then, and then I got the retreat. They were waiting on me. I had um, veggies and rice. 
Um, then I unpacked and just kind of like took it all in, like the retreat center. Nice. And you did like, you said daily meditation, daily yoga. And like, what did you kind of feel? Just how long were you there again? Seven days? Seven days. Mm-hmm. Seven days. Like at the end of those seven days, just what was the difference? Like just in your mindset and the way you were feeling? Just like my aura was brighter. Like we did this one exercise where we have our thumbs like this. Have you seen people do it? Have you seen anybody do that? I haven't. No, I haven't. Okay. Well, well, Megan was doing that too. So basically what you do that is it circulates the energy, opens up your aura. Because we're in fight or flight a lot here and your aura shrinks. And so that I noticed that like my energy was better um, because I get tired a lot here. Um, And then I noticed that it was just very, just calming. And that's super healthy because there's so much stress here Mm -hmm. in America. And I've noticed that too. I've really taken control of my emotional state and not allowing myself to get stressed all the time because people get angry very, very easily. Like somebody Mm -hmm. cuts you off in traffic, it's horns and everything, people screaming and is, is that really worth you losing your temper? And then what happens is this stress builds up and it forces you, like you said, to be in that fight or flight response. So what I've been doing is just, you know, doing the Wim Hof breathing and just, you know, breathing into your stomach and then to your chest mm-hmm. and breathing out. You do that for like three to four minutes. It calms you down because the stress is not going to make that person not cut you off. It's not going to make your work any better. It's just going to make you worry about it a lot more. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. And think about, um, you know, of course, I know, you know, Joe Dispenza. Ooh, actually, I- I've heard the name, but I can't think of what he looks like or oh my God. Right off the top of my head. I-, I-, I will have to look it up right after. Okay, yeah, I'll have to tag you in his Instagram. But basically, he talks a lot about what you're talking about. With the fact that even people meditate, they say, oh, I'm so zit, so zen, I'm amazing. Then they get out there and they're like, ah, you know, because it's like people get triggered like that instead of breaking the habit of being themselves and going, no, I'm going to become this new person and not let my external environment control me. Mm -hmm. And we all have that decision to make. Mm -hmm. We all have that power to control. What's crazy is if you compare a human being to any other animal, like a dog is not going to be able to control their breathing. Their breathing is just a hundred percent subconscious. They just breathe in and they breathe out. Like they don't think about it. We are the only creatures that have, the ability to control our breathing, which is insane. And you can control your breathing and that slows down your heart rate and it controls your biology, which is incredible. So we can actually kind of hack the biology as my uh, mentor, Marshall Gillen talks about. You follow Marshall? Maybe you've seen. Yeah, I definitely have to introduce you to him. He, uh, I've been reposting a lot of what he does, you know, with the, the cold therapy, the breathing, the fasting. I've learned a lot from him. I actually had him on the podcast about a, a month and a half ago. And I, I think those things are just really, really important. Like reducing stress, forcing yourself to be uncomfortable. Any other animal, if they feel uncomfortable or threatened, they run or attack. We, have the, we can make the executive decision to fight our natural urges. Mm-hmm. So. That's some important stuff. So what would you recommend if somebody's, it's like their first time kind of diving into self-development and I'm not talking self-development, like making more money, growing a business. I mean, like taking care, like self-care. It's Mm -hmm. the first time genuinely being like, man, I'm stressed all the time. I'm out of shape. I'm uncomfortable. 
what do I do? Like, what would you say is the first thing that that person needs to do? My first thing I'm going to say is, is I will tell them, look up Marcus Rothkrantz. He's a, he's a vegan I follow and I love his book, Heal Yourself 101. Super simple, a nine-year-old can read it. And then I would also tell them to slow down and everybody has 10 minutes. So meditate for 10 minutes a day and just start slow because everybody wants to start fast with, oh my God, I want to run, green juice, meditate, self-pleasure, journal, gratitude, all this stuff. And it's like, no one does all that. (laughs) Mm -hmm. I would certainly agree. It takes time to build momentum with those things. Mm -hmm. Like I remember back in the end of 2015, this was like after my first two years of college, I allowed myself to drink all the time, get super out of shape and decided, all right, I'm done with this. All I did literally was I went on YouTube and I Googled like a seven minute cardio workout I could do in my basement. And I just did that every single day. And I, it actually hurt the first couple of days because I was that out of shape, but just doing it every single day, it built a habit so that once I went back to school after that winter break, I could jump into the gym and do a full hour workout. And it was just like habit at that point. So you'd recommend someone just start with 10 minutes of meditation and kind of build from there. Yeah. And you can even do it in your car at lunch. Mm-hmm. Definitely. And, and like, what, what would, like, is there something you'd recommend as far as meditation? Is it just breathing or listening to a certain frequency? Yeah. I mean, you could look up on YouTube one of Joe Dispenza's meditations on gratitude or, um, or, I mean, you could do the four, three, two hertz. Um, or you could do binaural beats. Um, but yeah, I would say don't complicate it. Make it as simple as possible, you know? And then, yeah, that's something too is like we overcomplicate it. Is It's whatever meditation you want to do. Do you want to do guided or do you just want to set the timer for two minutes and then focus on your breath? Because a lot of times we're not even breathing. Yeah, <laughs> that is true. Like you're taking these little, little puffs of oxygen. Mm-hmm. And a lot of us find our, so the thing about the four, three, two Hertz, I know that's kind of, that's supposed to activate the, the heart chakra, correct? One of the chakras. I'm not sure specifically, but it is calming. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. do you know why that is? I, I, I think it is supposed to be the, the frequency for the heart chakra. Like I, I've seen heart chakras like around 432 and. Uh, I think like it's because feeling? most people have closed hearts. Right. We're walking around with, it's like that, that podcast episode I told you to look up that I just did recently that you need to watch. But she said, you have a, you know, unhappy vagina and cock, but it's also hard. Mm -hmm. So the thing is, that hurts is great because um, most music nowadays is on a different, it's like an unhealthy hurts, right? That's why nowadays, like I can't even listen to all of the hip hop. It's like, I look back, you know, a lot of the music we used to to listen to in our early twenties. And I'm like, oh my gosh, no wonder why I was so drunk because this music is awful. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, and so it's like reprogramming yourself. Yeah, I would say it's kind of like a break because, you know, kind of going on the music standpoint, like I, I still listen to some hip hop, like, you know, mm-hmm. if I'm driving sometimes, like if I'm working out, like I'll still listen to some mm-hmm. like hard, like, I guess, I guess that would be low frequency music actually. But, um, mm-hmm. you know, and then once I just change that to like 432 hertz or like some sleep meditation music. It's just, 
relaxing. It's like, what, what was I doing, doing all this thinking and your mind's just so active with all that going on. And you just, it's almost like a bath, like a warm bath. And you're just relaxing at that point. Mm -hmm. So yeah. Cause when you're in that state, your intuition can speak to you. Mm -hmm, definitely. So let's kind of, kind of switch subject. Let's, I want to talk about the seven chakras. Like I, the first time, and I'll be honest, the first time I was exposed to the seven chakras was watching Avatar The Last Airbender in 2007. I don't know if you've ever seen that show, but uh, I, I know some people listening have seen that and they're like, oh, I know what you're talking about. So basically the main character of that movie goes and visits a guru who teaches him the mm -hmm. seven chakras. And, you know, I started looking it up a little bit and like, oh, it's of the, of the Hindu faith. That's a, probably a religious thing. But then I started doing some actual research into like the, the scientific aspects of it. Like, no, there are not seven different organs throughout the body but that's generally where the energy is and people have practiced this successfully for thousands of years and people who are not even religious practice those those seven chakras so kind of understanding like I, I know starting from the root chakra like that helps you feel grounded and just stable and i, I feel like that's a, where a lot of our stress comes from is just not being not having that root chakra because we feel like oh, oh yeah. if i don't do this then I'm going to lose everything when in reality, you know, what's the worst case scenario? You're going to be good. The world's going to take care of you. So mm -hmm. would you say a lot, a lot of people got to start there with the root chakra? Uh, yes, definitely. Because, you know, like we were saying before we start recording, like I'm a Pisces. So for the Pisces out there, you were already here. You got to ground yourself. But I also think too, is most of society is stuck in the lower chakras, right? And so the root is focused on survival, right? It's money. It's, am I safe? You know? And so I think that we have a, an illusion of security with nine to five, right? They can fire you today. Um, relationships in a sense are that because you can't control whether someone stays with you or not. That's what people try to control. And so it's finding safety within yourself and rooting yourself. And then also the sacral chakra, that's sexuality and creativity. And then a lot of people are blocked there because they have shame around their sexuality. Like for me, you know, I was like, I used like during that period, I spent three years, I didn't have an orgasm. The whole time now looking back, I had so much energy in this area. It was crazy. Like I remember being like, oh, what's going on? Like I feel, feel like I feel something. <laughs> and then you go to, you know, your solar plexus and that is your will. That is the creating your vision into the world. Um, and so people have fear of that too. Mm -hmm. And I think that's also like a really good point, but it's also like a visual too. If you're not stable and you're not confident with who you are, with your creativity, then how are you going to be able to move up? How are you going to be able to actually activate kind of your like execute what you're doing if you don't have that stable foundation is it kind of a visual too that you can use oh yeah definitely i mean i think it's it's so it's about trust you know um because then as you move up you're trusting yourself more and it's like oh okay i feel safe now i can open my heart mm -hmm. you know because that's people have huge walls around this area because you know lack of forgiveness of past maybe of yourself or someone you dated. Um, and then the heart, you know, has an electromagnetic field around it. And if you're closed, it like oh, shrinks. I mean, mm -hmm. in this too, people are not speaking their truth. Yeah. I want to talk about the throat chakra a little bit. That's one, like as a speaker, I'm like, look, I want to make sure 
I can speak effectively and just be authentic and vulnerable. So, and I, and we were actually talking briefly yesterday about the throat chakra. Basically what I've been doing is listening to some Hertz. I guess it's a little bit above four, three, two, that's supposed to be opening the throat chakra. You're supposed to do the, I think it's hum. Is that the, Mm -hmm. uh, the chant you're supposed to do? But uh, you said there's something else that you do to, to open up that particular energy um, field. Yeah, singing helps. I think, too, it's, it's uh, not suppressing your, yourself, right? Like a lot of times I notice that my throat chakra is like, ugh, like people that have their throat hurts or maybe it just scratchy a lot or they, they feel like they can't speak. That's because you're suppressing your truth. So as you go throughout your day, notice when you do that, like, oh, wow, it's not safe for me to speak up, maybe. Um, and so I went through that period, and I still do with that sometimes because of what I'm doing. Um, and so it's feeling like it's safe for me to speak. Mm-hmm. And using affirmations. And then, you know, at the sweat lodge, we, did, we literally spoke out, and we were like, yes, no, because you were literally vocalizing it. Hmm. So how did you create the sweat lodge? Like, tell us a little bit about this sweat lodge. How do we get it, um, you know, get in with the sweat lodge and how'd you get started with it? Okay. So my friend, Chris, I met him through networking. Mm-hmm. He was another one of those divine, you know, I think we meet people that are part of our tribe. Mm-hmm. So, um, he's really into a lot of the similar stuff that I'm into with spirituality. And I went with him last, well, I guess it was 2018. And then I, I've gone back twice. And then last, uh, this past Monday, I brought a group there. Um, it's downtown. Um, a guy leads it every other Monday. Um, I can send you the link if you want it. But basically, um, it's $15. Um, just make sure to wear workout gear and bring water. But it's a great experience in terms of, you know, we, we don't sweat enough, right? So it's great because you're sweating. And then you are just, you're in tune with people, right? We're crammed in there. We're just like, it's like tribal. And then we make animal noises and we go through six rounds of different things. And it's just such a fun experience. And then in the end of it, we're like brothers and sisters, you know, and it's really fun. (laughs) Mm -hmm. So it's kind of like a combination of a workout, but it's not just for the body. It's for the mind and the spirit as well. Yeah, definitely. Because it is a mental thing because it is hot. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I can definitely imagine that. Like, mm-hmm. I mean, I've been experiencing that with the cold therapy, taking a cold shower every single morning. Like, it's a challenge to be able to mm-hmm. convince yourself I need to go into this, not even to mention the physical health benefits, but just jumping in there, like mm-hmm. knowing it's yeah. going to hurt and doing it anyway, that can transfer into any other aspect of life. Like if you're afraid to do one more set of workouts, you're afraid to go talk to someone you're afraid of speaking, that applies when you're willing in that cold shower in, in this particular situation in the sauna to mm-hmm. be able to keep going, even though it's blazing hot inside there, basically kind of forcing yourself into discomfort. Yeah, definitely. And I think that we are too comfortable in America, right? Oh, hundred percent. I'm sure you've heard of Dan Pinna. Have you heard of him? Dan. Oh, I know Dan. Yeah. The, okay, the yeah, multi-billion dollar man or something. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, some of his stuff is kind of extreme, but I do agree with him in the terms of the fact that we're too comfortable and there are a lot of snowflakes <laughs> mm-hmm. and it's like, stop complaining and go out and do something. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, and I agree with that. I think it's hard to kind of just say that to people. You, you sound kind of people like when you go up to someone and you basically just say, "Stop being a snowflake. Stop oh, being yeah, lazy." Yeah, like that yeah, doesn't yeah. help someone. That's oh, almost no. like that's almost like you're all the way up here just insulting. Like that's not going to actually help somebody change. You know, like mm-hmm. what would you say is something you say to someone who is stuck in comfort? You know, to, to to be able to force them outside their comfort zone. Yeah, what I would say too is do what I'm doing. Do change your routine, right? Uh, make changes to do something every, if you could, every day or every week to get yourself out of the routine. Because people get stuck doing the same thing every day. You drive to work, you come home, you do, you watch the same TV shows, go to sleep, drive to work, come home. You know, and yep. then it's like Groundhog Day. It really is. When I worked my nine to five job in, in accounting and audit, like I literally would have some days I wouldn't even, I would very, very vaguely remember just because it was the same thing every single day. I'd be like, wow, it's already Friday. Like what happened? Like what was different about mm-hmm. these other two days? It's, it's almost scary. Just, and I can see how so many people fall into that trap. They work the same job and 30 years can fly by because you're not doing anything unique. You know, Mm -hmm. you go from your first vacation you took to the next vacation. It's like, wow, that was eight months. You're not doing anything unique. Mm -hmm. But then it also makes me realize why so many people are depressed is because you're not growing and grow like growth is a huge human need. Mm -hmm. But it's not the one that we, you know, I I know you're familiar with Tony Robbins and that's kind of where you're getting that from. If like growth and contribution are the ones we don't naturally force ourselves to meet, but it's still a need. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And the, and the other ones for everyone listening is a uh, love. I got this. It's a uh, certainty, uncertainty, love and significance, right? Love connection, certainty, uncertainty, right? No. Uh, certainty, uncertainty, love can Yeah. 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 You said them. Mm-hmm. Okay. All right, cool. Yeah. So those are the ones I definitely recommend also checking out one of Tony Robbins, six human needs. That's a really, really great video that he, uh, that he talks about. And it's a, it's an amazing concept to really be able to break it down to, to something that simple that all of us try to find. So mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, definitely. Awesome. Yeah. Well, appreciate you being on the podcast, sharing a lot of this. We're going to go ahead and wrap it up. I got one more question. So, um, you know, where can people find you? They want to connect with you. They want to go to the sweat lodge. They want to go to one of your workshops. So they're just interested in talking to someone who's willing to be open and discuss Mm -hmm. things that most people probably can't even talk about with their significant other. Yeah, definitely. Um, I would say, so on YouTube, I'm your guide to love. And then Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, I'm Haley Helveston. Awesome. Yeah, definitely. I definitely recommend her YouTube channel. I know that, uh, you know, I've seen a couple of your interviews on there. She really does get intimate and vulnerable about some of those things, her experiences and uh, experiences with her past clients as well. So uh, yeah, thanks for joining us on the show today. Uh, Guys, be sure to share this episode. If you enjoyed it, share it with a friend or family member. And, uh, you know, just be sure to let people know the only way a podcast gets out there is by sharing. There's no like press a share button. There's no like or subscribe. Well, there is a subscribe button. I recommend hitting that, but um, definitely share this with someone who needs to hear a lot of these things that we don't get in our everyday world. So uh, thanks for tuning in and I'll see you on the next episode of the Enhanced Podcast. Thanks, Haley. Thank you.